Hello and welcome to another episode of the Go Play That podcast. It is October the 5th and my name is Rob Cook and I'm joined by Tom Wolford. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I took a break out. I was in Holland uh, last week, so got to listen to my first Go Play That podcast in a, in a while that I wasn't a participant on. Yep. Uh, and that's always fun. Uh, it was good to see uh, Hush joining you guys. Yeah, it was nice to see Hush. Um, yeah, and um, and he's disappeared again back into the into the depths uh, of drunkenness in <laughs> Germany. I really? think. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's a, a mystery man. Um, so I got to play a lot of stuff uh, since coming back. Uh, I'm at home alone this weekend, so I I took full advantage and uh, started my other backlog game uh, yesterday. That was Shovel Knight. Yep. Which um it's not my favorite, but uh yeah. it's it's a different pace. I prefer something that feels more open and more story driven and that is pure skill driven. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. You must you must perform uh and you don't really have much choice in the in the matter. That's that's really the same way I felt about that game. I think I got as far as you did. Okay. And um sort of dropped out very mm. quickly. I think it was actually the king boss that you beat. Okay. I think I, I put it down about that point and just was like, no, can't be bothered anymore. Mm. Um, for me, the reason I put it on my backlog was because um, I felt that there's like I know it's a special game. People really love it, and whether whether it's going to be my favorite or not, I want to see this kind of game through. Um, I know that Bob loves it, and I know it was it was good fun having Bob and Maggie on on my voice chat yesterday. Yeah, I had to bail on the uh, on the chat yesterday. Yeah, don't sweat it. I was watching a bit, but then I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do that plenty of times. With uh, the only one that really galled me having to step away was Fahrenheit. Like see, watching yeah. you get through that whole game. Uh, do you want to quickly talk about Fahrenheit now, or save it till till later? I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll just I'll just do an information dump later yeah, yeah, on in yeah, the yeah. Uh, in the podcast. Cool. So everybody look forward to that. Skip past Rob stuff. It's going to be boring. Yeah, I'll put a timestamp in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Since when I was away, I got to play a bit of some mobile games. So I picked up uh, threes, which I've never been any good at, and uh, still continue to suck. Not to be good at. Yeah. yeah compared to like our friend Danny's uh, score. I said this in the micro to, to Earl that Danny always told me to work into the corner. Like, right. uh, don't just swipe in any direction. Try and. Same with Tinder. Try and, avo- try and avoid always swiping to the right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I picked up some iPhone games. I played some Reigns, which, uh, I don't think you Ooh. played, but it's the game that, um, Bob convinced me to pick up. Yeah. We talked about that on um, a previous cast. And that actually is. Much closer to Tinder. <laughs> now you talk about <laughs> yes. it, uh, and yeah, I've I've played a, a fair amount of that game, and I am happy to report that I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Cool. Um, I guess I'll just stick with that one. It's difficult to find an excuse to play a mobile game when my commute is usually with Earl, or I just prefer to listen to music in the morning. I like I need a reason, and 
even sometimes that reason isn't good enough. Like, uh, I loaded up Pokemon Picross on my 3DS and didn't boot the console once when I was away. Like, yeah. perfect time to be being away, being on a plane. I just fell asleep being, <laughs> uh, you know, stranded from the consoles and having a bit of downtime when we get back home from, uh, steering a boat. Um, good. Yep. <laughs> uh, just never felt the urge to, to turn that console on. Um, I feel very much the same about mobile games. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe we can have a longer discussion about this another time. But um, for me, it is like I, I deliberately don't game in my commute, even though my commute is quite long. Sure. Because it is time that I like to read and listen to music. So I generally have a book with me and my headphones. Yeah. Um, even though sometimes you can play something that is of the same caliber as a console game, like the, all the Telltale releases are on I- iPad and iPhone, for example. And- I guess Android. It's not even that for me. It's just like, I, I I play enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When I'm at home, when I've got the PC or console or whatever, I, I, I play enough. So I like to have that hour because even if you're playing, a lot of the time at home, you can still be like at least vaguely social. Sure. If somebody talks to you, you can answer them. Whereas reading a book is, I, I find it much more anti-social activity because hmm. you're like, please just shut up. Yeah, because you, you know. your, your imagination is running at full capacity pretty much to to conjure up what you're what you're absorbing through the words exactly exactly whereas uh whereas with the game you're kind of spoon spoon fed a lot of it yeah um that will come into remind me about that when we talk about one of my things later yeah sure thing. um yep but um yeah no i i never find the way to play mobile games so it's quite cool that you've picked up a couple and at least tried them well here's the exact situation and the only situation in which i was playing reigns um and threes was standing in a charity shop um waiting for my girlfriend and her family to to be done finding dead people's shit that they wanted to buy (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i would walk around look at the um i look at the secondhand games uh that they they had picked up uh, along the years and didn't really know the value of and actually picked up something quite uh, valuable. Uh, I'll show this to you on camera. Um, yeah. Killer Seven. Killer Seven on GameCube is on GameCube. None, uh, no less. Is actually quite rare. Um, you could be set back about forty euros for a second-hand copy of this version of the game. Um, and I got it for two. Um, Very nice. And the guy actually th- thought he was going to do a number on me by charging me more because it had two discs, even though it's just one piece of. Of content software, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's two films or something like that. It was actually funny because he, he realized it was a game when I was purchasing it at the till, but he had it list, he had it um, on the shelf alongside a load of action games because um, I think the Peggy rating had action uh, listed for it, like violence. So, oh, okay. At first glance, he didn't even clock it as a as a game and put it next to the film. So that's quite funny. Um, nice. And the other game I played for a little bit when I was away was Hitman Sniper. Um, okay. Which started off as Hitman Sniper Challenge. It was a pre-order bonus for people that bought Hitman Absolution back in 2011, 2010, I want to say. Um, and they've expanded on it in this game and it's, uh, you're basically, uh, scrolling around, uh, the, the touch screen to, to move the sniper reticule and, and take out certain targets. Yeah. Um it's pretty good. It's not exactly the new Hitman. Um but it was a it's a fun diversion and I picked it up for one euro in a sale. Um nice. 
and right. runs really well, plays out really well. Um, I was playing some Hitman. Um, yesterday I played the, the fifth location, um, Colorado, which has no civilians in it. It is a, uh, guerrilla, uh, like internment camp. Uh, they've overtaken okay. this farm and, and every single person is, uh, hostile towards you until you get your first, um, your first costume. Um, change of pace. And there were four, yep. there were four targets to take down. I would, I would like to say at this moment that I actually said I wanted that out of a Hitman level before mm. it came out. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, it's quite cool that that came out. Like, I think it was like two days after we did the podcast. Yeah. It was like, Oh yeah, by the way, the next uh, Hitman level is going to be completely hostile. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were, How did it play, by the way? It's really fun. <laughs> right. There are so many different opportunities and there are so many different um, enemies on the map. Like I was trying to get through to one of the targets without um, taking on anyone out. And I, mm-hmm. th- through blind luck, got into into enough danger to be destroyed by, by like 20 guys shooting at me. Holy hell. Um, and... I managed to follow through on an opportunity for every single, every single target, and that's really fun. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to do something with it. I'm sure they'll eventually get to doing elusive targets on that map. Yep. But they haven't even done one on uh, on the Bangkok level yet. I think they've stacked so many of the first, you know, ten elusive targets on Paris through fear of people saying. I can't play this free content because I've only bought the first level. Yeah, sure. So they're really rin- rinsing out Sapienza and, and Paris and then Paris. eventually, like we've only had one in Marrakesh or maybe two. Uh, and that's been out since before summer. So yeah. uh, that is a slow burn. <laughs> don't, don't tell me stuff like that though. Cause I still feel guilty that I still have only played, you know, Paris. the first two. Oh, you played. Yeah, you did play Sapienza. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gave finally. In fact, this morning I think it was, or late last night, I gave up, and I just deleted it out to say free up some hard drive oh, space. Wow. Okay, like I will come back to it. I will probably just binge it mm-hmm. when the season is done. Um, go through the game, but uh, yeah, it's been sat there taking up about forty gig of hard drive space, and I never go back to it. Mm. So I'm thinking if if uh, you end up coming out here to my place for 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 whatever occasion that uh we should do a stream where i'm your i'm your intel team yes that would be good <laughs> uh, yeah um okay let's move on to something a bit more substantial that i've been playing a new release called forza horizon 3 which Woo! is a huge huge release um it's not the first of its kind uh in in many ways it's the third horizon game it's the uh ninth it's the ninth ninth forza game yeah. And it's the third game to come out on both Xbox One and Windows 10, uh, prior to that being ReCore and Quantum Break. Uh, Quantum Break we know enough about. <laughs> um, and that's fantastic. Like the way it plays, you can play a, a, across both platforms is, is really great. It's similar to what Sony have going with like the, the cross buy stuff and the cross play mm-hmm. stuff. Like it's just one. Like as long as you're buying the digital version and not a physical copy of the X1 game, you'll get it on your profile for for both platforms. Okay, so you can just literally swap over to your PC and carry on playing. Which I have been doing. Um, okay. I I had access to the game on X1 through through Earl's um catalog or library. Uh, yeah. Because I 
I got back uh, the day after it had released and I didn't want to throw down any money or, you know, go out of the way, go on my way to get it myself until, uh, until the weekend at least. And then when I moved over, it's running at 60 frames. It looks better. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it like the, the save was de- there. I didn't have to do any kind of manual upload and, and download stuff. It's just the ecosystem's really great. Um, I run through a sort of like I, I have a, I've played every single Forza game. Yeah, you you kind of love it, right? Yeah, and uh, I thought Forza Two, Forza Horizon Two, was a bit of a disappointment compared to the first one because the the level wasn't quite as good, um, wasn't quite as varied or interesting. It took place in Europe, uh, <laughs> all of all of Europe. In quotations, with air yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there was like I've only played sh- the opening level, like when you race to the first level in the supercar. Yeah, in Forza Two, I played it at work, but I was testing mm-hmm. things headphones and stuff so i didn't really have the the sort of the well the reason to continue (laughs) you know yeah yeah so i've I've made that first race a whole bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) um this game is very 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 similar to the other two like the way it plays out is that there's a festival running and it's a combination of music and cars and so you will play you will race in different locations set to the backdrop of modern modern music. Oh, uh, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's some variety to the channels. You could just turn it off and listen to a podcast or you could listen to the classics, uh, like a classical music channel. Yeah, um, all right. They've got a rap and hip-hop channel, which doesn't quite hit the mark. Um, and then they focus mainly on like new artists and stuff. Actually, one of the best things about the game is that they have... So the game's set in Australia, um, and they have a one of the um, stations dedicated to up-and-coming Australian artists, oh, okay. which I think is really cool. Like, I'm sure they'll do that with whatever the next location is, basically honouring the location they're in uh, yeah. with one is, one is the soundtrack, and then another one is there's these barn finds. So sometimes they'll say, hey, there's a rumour in this general location on the map there's a barn with a with a duffed out car that we need to refurbish, but if you find it, I'll I'll fix it up for you. And so far, all of those cars, all of those barn finds have been Australian-born motors, like Australian okay. uh, manufacturers, which has been a nice, uh, you know, local flavor kind of thing, um, which I felt was a bit missing from the previous games. Mm-hmm. Um, the locations... Well, generic all- Europe didn't help, did it? No, it's exactly. Like- it's like... I just drove for three minutes and now I'm in France and I was in Italy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But well, uh, if you were three minutes away on the border, you sure. might be okay. Like yeah. Try, try country area or something. Exactly. You were literally on the other side of the road tunnel that takes you into France. Right. Exactly. That's fine. I'm sure. But yeah. Otherwise, no, I mean, I, I, I did feel that game did a bit of a disservice to a, a continent that's so varied. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was nothing driving around the gridlocked motorways of London, for example. I think that would have been. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been, <laughs> been any good, but yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the best things about the game, as well as the location, like it's way more interesting. Uh, I'm having fun, like driving across the outback in a in a 1998 Subaru Impreza, uh, kitted out with like a community created livery, like all of that's awesome, and that's been there f- since. Yeah. The first game. yeah, I saw on Twitter the guys from uh, Drift Stage were sharing some uh, 
some livery that had been done by the community. I didn't know that oh, was wow. a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been there for, like, for all the time. The, the, oh, really? The series has been up. Yeah, that's been... Obviously, uh, people have been using that that system, that feature for a long, long-ass time. Uh, I don't think there's any way to import from previous games, but mm. even launch week, uh, there's so much already there of, of high quality, uh, and all the all the good stuff seems to be rising to the to the top. Um, yeah, get some sweet go play that decals on it, and could do. Jobs are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like a or create like a, a like we're sponsor an actual sponsor, not just a big blue car, but like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. a sponsor, sponsor bonnet or whatever yeah. <laughs> hood for the Americans listening to us. Right, um, <laughs> bonnet. <laughs> yeah. So I know you've got a really swanky TV in your house. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know about your monitor or whatever, but have you played around with the HDR stuff in this? Um, very few, very few TVs support HDR. Right. Um, okay. My one I didn't know cer- yours would be. My one certainly doesn't. Um, not even all 4K uh, displays support hdr right like that's how new and um under underutilized under supported it is right now okay because um, so I, I heard forza just looks cracking i'm sure it does um <laughs> so okay going to to one of the negative points of the game is the pc's performance like right. xbox one solid 30 looks great you move to pc and and my my machine is capable, right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen your um, PC. It's an absolute monster. And I st- and I cannot get a solid sixty frames that doesn't dip. And sometimes it hitches for a half second. It will, which is what you don't need in a racing. It game. will always dip uh, when you're in town, or in mm. the first few minutes. If you if you start a session when you're in town, it will chug for a little bit until you get out into the into the you know open road. Um, Wild blue yonder. Yeah, and that has been a common like I've I've looked up and like Jeff at Giant Bomb has put every setting he's got a 1080 and he's put every setting down to low and he still can't get a solid 60 because it's just not very well supported and I only have right. one OS to support <laughs> um, so you'd think they'd have it they'd have it uh, you know right the first time even yeah. even worse they had uh, Forza Motorsport 6 Apex which was like their free to play version of of 6 um out for the last like six months at least that, that was their test bed before this and, and it's still not running uh the way it should do um and I, despite that i'm still playing it on pc just because the 60 frames is so tempting when it works yeah yeah and it works yeah. most of the time it's just these disappointing glitches here and there that just drag it down and you don't notice any of that on the x1 version like you settle for less but it's solid um and that's always been my uh my motto in life <laughs> just know your place <laughs> exactly yeah um i'd say also that the windows 10 store is atrocious it is so bad um and there were launch issues across both platforms like uh the digital version got replaced on launch day with the pre-order stub file that gets made yeah i saw from- a lot of stuff about that yeah so <laughs> Basically, the way ex- the Microsoft system works is that you have to give them an executable file that will, alaun- will at least launch in order to populate the, your pre-order. Uh, pre-order. Mm. And then when the game releases, the version on the store just overwrites that with the whole game. Yep. And that didn't happen. Or, or worse, it got 
it happened and then reverted. And so I was sitting there, um, trying to install the game from Elle's library and, uh, couldn't play for the first two days. So that was pretty rough. That was pretty yeah. rough. Yeah. Um, going back to the nicer things about the game, like, uh, it doesn't have that monotonous feel from the last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have many times talked about the repeated dialogue in the first, in the first and second games and that the progression just kind of feels rote, just kind of feels like playing, playing out a formula. It's way more varied now. There's so many different, um, lines of dialogue, even like the radio hosts on different radio stations will say something very specific to an event that's just opened up or your performance just now, um, regardless of which radio station you're on. And, um, that all feels better. Uh, we'll have to see once I put more than the, the 10 hours I put into it, if that stands up, like if they're still telling me I'm a good, I'm a good rookie, uh, 30 yeah. hours in, we'll see. Um, maybe you're still driving like a good rookie 30 hours in. Well, Who knows? Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um, and I guess the the only disappointing things like the game is really great. I'd recommend it if you've got a uh, a Windows 10 running PC uh, and not an X1. Get this game, and if you like racing games, get this game. Um, but for me, I was disappointed by the photo mode still being super fucking slow to load in, like as slow right. as the previous games. I've not even bothered to take one photo because I tried it once and was like, no, this is not worth my time, and. Half of the trees will stop you dead, and half of them can be blown through. Uh, and you don't know which. And you can tell which, but at the speed of a Koenigsegg, yeah. uh, you don't have time. And it doesn't feel like a matter of skill to you know, navigate through them, through the forest or through like a, a field. It feels like roll of the dice. Yeah. Uh, even worse, I've, I've felt the need to use the rewind system where you can go back like five seconds and then try again. I've been... Yeah. I've been, um, you know, trial and erroring that to to get to the point where I just skim past all the trees in order right. to get the the requisite uh, time. Uh, and sure, I'm sure trees have deep, long roots that go down t- into the ground. So there's a realism there's a realism reason for this to to be the case. But it's a video game. Let me let me destroy everything in my sight. <laughs> yeah, or let every tree stop you dead. You know. Yeah, and just and just and just say, don't even try and put the trees further away from the track or something. I don't know. Well, (laughs) one of the one of the good things about the game is that it will give you the sort of GPS route, and it will say like some of the bucket list uh, levels, which is like, uh, here's this car, get to this location on the other side of the of the world in the time, and it and it might be on a curve, like a the the track is telling you to go you know, east and then north, but you could just blast through the fields and go straight to the to the right. objective. And so you're going to want to get through the forest sometimes or f- through a few trees, through a few bushes. And when when those few uh, stop you dead, <laughs> it's it kind of sucks. Like kind of yeah, makes you feel like sh- I should just follow the path, which where yeah. this is a completely viable route. Um, But yeah, I'm enjoying the game. And I'm gonna be continuing it, and I know that yeah. Stu and and Earl are playing it. Yeah, you're creating a go play that 
crew, right? Yeah, or I've created, whatever it's called. I've created one. It's open. If you just search for Go Play That, then uh, you can join join the club, and uh, that supports up to thousand players. And it will populate leaderboards if you don't have like a long friends list of people. Like the asymmetrical multiplayer is one of the best things about the game. It will like surface your nearest rival or your nearest friend or your nearest club member's score to give you a reason to to go faster. Yeah. Um. And if you're looking for that to be populated on your friends list, then uh, search for us and 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 it's open invite. So just go ahead and join. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, he- I heard it was really good, but I know that mm. you're a fan of the series anyway, so yeah. it's good that it's not a disappointment. It's, it's in fact a step up from the last totally. game. Totally. It's, it's the best Forza Horizon game of the three, for sure. Um, and yeah, I've got some nitpicky points to 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 bring up, but again, like the game is so good that I'm, you know, I have to resort to talking about trees. It's, yeah, it's a good game. Slight frame rate issues. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and the other thing I got to play, I played today, this morning. Uh, I played through the Act Four of Kentucky Route Zero, mm. which is one of the games I featured in my episodic gaming article as something that is very hard to follow as an episodic game when they take uh, two years to release an episode. Yeah. Um. The first one came out in 2013, it's now 2016, and there's still a fifth to come, and who knows when that will be released. Yeah, so I must, you know, I'm going to repeat this, you must feel fairly foolish for putting it in your game of the year for 2015, yeah. was it? Uh, yeah. 14. 14, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, like, the reason, the reason it was there at the top of my list is because of how it plays out, and the story that it's telling, and the way that it tells that story. It's incredible. Uh for my money anyway. But sure, as a complete game, you still can't have that experience. And in my in my episodic gaming article, I talked about maybe a six to nine month release window to get from the start to the end. And you can either wait the nine months yeah. or follow along and not have yeah. to wait too long until the next one. Whereas this one, uh, I actually chose to go into this act without trying to remember what happened before. Or, okay, so you like didn't refresh any, yourself. Didn't do any kind of refresher, looking up, you know, stories so far, characters so far, anything yeah. like that. And I was a little bit lost <laughs> going in. <laughs> um, but eventually I started to remember character names, what, uh, where I was, who these, like, it's now like an ensemble cast. You've got, okay. by the fourth act, you've got characters of, you know, people that you've met along the way and they're all coming together. And so they're, story is being built up and you're moving between different characters throughout the episode. Um, it, it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, th- there's this one running theme throughout the game uh, of traveling along the zero, which is mm-hmm. to begin with a highway and you're in a van and the highway starts off as like a line. Then it moves into something that looks more like a map uh, and then I can't remember what the previous one, but with this one, you're on a tugboat and you've changed, you've got out of the van. So there's like a story plot reason why you're no longer a van or a truck. Um, but you're moving along. It's still the zero, but by this point or by, you know, in this area of the, of the world, uh, the highway has been flooded and you're traveling along it in a boat. Uh, nice. and it feels all sort of dreamy and, um, 
you know, meandering and dreamlike, uh, which is one of the strengths of the game. Um, and it feels like reading a book. Um, cause even though there's incredible visual and art style and incredible soundtrack to the game, um, you're reading a lot, but that's, but that's fine because it's not overpowering your senses on screen to the point where you're having difficulty imagining what, what people are describing. Like you're, you're, you're reading it out. Um, and you can truly picture what, what is going on, what they're talking about, like a story from their past or just setting the current scene to build upon what, what the visuals are showing you. Um, and yeah, I, I still love it and I'm glad I got to play it in one session today. Um, I highly recommend the game, but by this point, it's difficult to say if we're close <laughs> to act five, <laughs> like, but in terms of like out of five episodes, four of them are out now. You might just want to wait, I guess. I did see a kill screen article. I can't say that I've read the whole thing yet, but they're saying that the, um, the best time to play it is, is disappearing. I guess maybe because they're, I don't know, maybe they're tying it into something to do with the exploration or like the anticipation of playing it. Maybe it's not, maybe they disagree that it's, you know, it's not going to be the same product when all five are released and you can just go mm-hmm. straight in and like binge watch them. It's diff- I don't know because I haven't read the article, but they they definitely say that you should play it now. It's really tough to to agree with that or to dispute it entirely because yeah. um, I, oh, <laughs> and that's the nature of Kentucky Route Zero. I yeah, I, I guess so. Like one th- one thing that I really enjoy is that um, even though the art style is the same as it was from the start, the techniques yeah. employed um, have evolved drastically. Like yeah. we started out with the most impressive visual effect in the first act being that the, as you're walking up a hill, the camera, uh, zooms into this, to this, uh, house up on the top of the hill. And then it, and then the wall in front of you disappears and you're, you're looking through, you're looking through as your guy reaches the door and gets inside the house. Like that, oh, wow. that one okay. panning shot was impressive. Yeah. Now, as your guy walks around the tugboat, um, the tugboat is in a full 3D motion. Like the camera is moving around the tugboat in full 3D, which you rarely saw any of in in the previous acts. And then, as you go into one of the doors of the tugboat, the wall disappears, and you can see inside in like in perfect clarity, in the same style as that first act's you know scene, yeah. but yeah. evolved. And you know, I guess over the next level. three and a half four years of game development. If you haven't, you know, designed and constructed your whole game up front, your, your (laughs) skills are going to develop over time. Sure. Sure. Must be weird for them as well as developers to go back and look at that first one. Yeah. And be like, Oh, if we, if we knew what we, (laughs) if we knew what we know now, we could have done that better. Yeah. I'm sure that comes up. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I strongly, uh, stand by my recommendation of being being my game of the year, even though it still isn't ready. And that's we're nearly <laughs> two years. We're later, nearly yeah. talking about game of the year 2016. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hardcore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's been what I've been playing. Um, uh, cool. Having a good time. Can't play Forza, unfortunately, because I don't have either of the things that would allow me to play it. Sure. Um, I might. What I might do is if I can get hold of it at work. Because I'm going to have a lot of overtime, and we've got some. We've got an Xbox One console for testing. Okay. So I could just pick it up. 
get it on there, <laughs> play it work. Sure. It's been my my idea for a couple of Steam games actually because I have a very powerful PC at work. Sure, and you've and also got Steam your gamertag from yesterday. Yeah, but Steam, can... I can I can log in on my gamertag. In fact, I think it's my gamertag that is on the X One at okay. work. Okay. So it's as simple as putting the disc in and away I go, or downloading the di- digital version mm-hmm. and away I go. Cool. Uh, do you need gold for the asynchronous multiplayer stuff? Um, I don't think you do, but I can't guarantee that. I, I think that Xbox Live is gold is gold is only required for active, you know, player okay. interacting with yep. player multiplayer. Yeah. But I guess the publisher could have gone another way with it. Locked yep. it down. Um, All right. Cool. Well, it sounds like you've had an incredible week, Tom. I have had quite the week, yes. Haven't been playing a huge amount, um, but I have been actually outside with people. Yeah, and doing game-related stuff. like Game-related things outside yeah. with people, yeah. So uh, you can take the controller out of my hands, but you're not taking my games away. Um, no, started off on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to see or visit Hollow Ponds games. Uh, the fine creative minds that uh, were behind uh, Ho Hokum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also, I don't know if they were Hollow Ponds at the times, but they're also the people responsible for creating Super Exploding Zoo. Right. Yeah. I've was, heard that too. I think I've yeah. got that from a plus. Yeah, it was a plus game. Month, yeah. Um, and they are, I basically potted along because they're in North London. Same as me. It was about five tube stops down the way. Mm. Um, and I potted along to playtest their new game, which is uh, Loot Rascals. Okay. Loot Rascals. is, And it's a really fun and cool game. Like, I played it for about 90 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. It was like a blind playtest. Basically, I had uh, Ricky Haggett sitting behind me, you know, judging me <laughs> as I was playing. Uh I had some big headphones on. Couldn't really see what anybody else was doing. Um, and yeah, it's a... How to say, without saying the word roguelike. <laughs> just have to say but it, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a roguelike type game. You roguelike-like or whatever. You, you basically have a completely silly story mm-hmm. behind what you're doing. You're an astronaut on a strange planet. Uh, you start every level in a biodome. Whereas there's a guy that gives you a mission, like a side mission, and you go outside of the biodome and you move. It's like turn-based, but not turn-based in the typical way that I move, monster moves, yada, yada, yada. Mm. You can literally, I, I was playing on the PS4, and you can move around freely, but every time you pass the square, a turn evolves. Okay. There's like so a passage you can of just time run around. kind of thing. Exactly. So you have the lines on the floor, but it's not like, oh, command, move, whatever. No, sure. you can run around freely. So the the big thing that they've got in this game, it's all very cute and silly and fun. Um, it has kind of permadeath, but you can't die. You, you stay as the same character. You just reset. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing that they've got is a day and a night cycle. So at the moment, it was five turns day, five turns night. So as you cross five tiles, it's day. As you cross another five tiles, it's night. That kind of thing. Um, And some enemies will defend first. 
and some enemies will attack first depending on if it's a day or night cycle. So if you land on the same square as an enemy or an enemy lands on the same square as you, you enter into a combat state. If they are defending first, you get the first hit. Mm -hmm. And if you can do enough damage, bosh. Sure. You can a lot of the time you can kill them outright without them even attacking you. Mm -hmm. um, if you land on the same square as an enemy who is attacking first, they will attack first, so they will get a hit. And you still have the chance to block or defend it, but they will always get the first hit in. Okay. So you then get into like this slightly tactical movement of like, do I I'm moving back a couple of squares to make it go to night because that monster that's right oh, in front okay, of me yeah, yeah. is defending, and then I can run forward a square and jump on it and smack him because I know I can kill him in one hit, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, okay. On top of that, though, you actually have like a turn counter. And you have something like 250 moves, depending on the level or whatever, until like sort of really difficult to kill horror enemies come into the map. Okay, so kind of like um, the ghost in Spelunky. Like if you exactly. if you hang around long enough, now's the time it's to exactly go. exactly that. So you have to balance it up with like, I should run away and run back into this fight, but that would take like 10 valuable turns. Right. You can only heal in the biodome at the beginning. You can teleport back to the biodome, but that will cost you turns mm -hmm. so it'll be like 23 turns to teleport back you know which could be like one tenth of your total turns sure, allowance. Yeah, yeah. Um, again the only way you can heal as well it's all this sort of trade-off on it. it's really cool because um like you have to spend tokens to heal and the only way you get tokens is by destroying your equipment mm. so you have like six equipment slots um you you find items which give you more attack or more defense um, depending, uh, there's like a little mini game as well, where like in your inventory, certain items will give you extra bonuses depending on where they're placed. If you can place them. Like correctly. a chemistry kind of thing. Like you yeah. Well, imagine you've got two rows, like one, two, three f on top, four, five, six along the bottom. Yep. And then like this set of boots will give you two defense, but it will give you plus two defense if it's on the bottom row with no card to the left. Okay. Because the, 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 the items are like cards. Sure. Yeah. You know, so like trading card type things. And if you've got like no card to the left and on the bottom row, you get a plus two defense. But sometimes you get negatives. Like if it's, if you have multiple of one item, you might have a special thing where it's like if you have more than one, you lose two defense off this. Hmm. So you have this sort of inventory management mini game and then you can destroy certain, you know, whatever equipment you don't want. Okay, and uh, to give you tokens. How much time do you end up spending in the inventory? Because there's a lot of games that have heavy inventory management, and the ma and the menus are so sluggish and slow that you you feel like you just want to get back to the action. Like, does it? No, feel this is good? literally. Yeah, this is literally like six trading cards, eight if you do the side mission, if you manage to complete it, and you get your extra slots. But it is literally pop it open. There you've got cards. Most of it is just numerical, so you can see those boots are better than these boots mm -hmm. that I'm wearing at the moment, whatever. Um, so you swap them out, and that's it. Sure. You know, you pull the trigger, you pull R2 to destroy an item, that's it. Okay. You know, it's super fast, it's super fun. The entire aesthetic of the game is like the, like the weirdest 80s cartoon you ever saw when you were a kid. Like, it was like British weird cartoon style. A bit like Galaxy, if Galaxy had been made by like a bunch of British animators in the 80s, basically. I was thinking of Trapdoor when you said weird. Around that, but not stop motion. <laughs> sure. It's more like actual, I would say, 
Banana Man, something okay. like that. It's along <laughs> those kind of lines. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, it, it seems like a lot of fun. Definitely, they're at Fantastic Arcade, I think, at the moment. Okay. Um, and I mean, these guys have got a lot of pedigree. But and I was kind of really nervous about meeting them because it's like I follow them on Twitter. They're funny. They're cool. They talk about cool stuff and designing and all of this. And then they're just really nice people, you mm. know. Um, How did you get to to do this? What happened? Yeah, they literally put a shout out on Twitter. They ah. said, you know, anyone in North London want to come and play test our game? Here's the email address. I emailed them and yeah, <laughs> sent them five along. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I basically sent them an email saying, yeah, I'd be happy to come along. You're not far from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was invited to Ricky Haggett's board game night okay. as well. Only time will tell if I go or not. <laughs> um, but that's definitely one to keep your eye on. I, I don't really know how far away they are from a release, but they've definitely, I mean, they've got enough of a game there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just tweaking like difficulty levels and stuff. Because they gave me like a second build, which I was a lot more successful with because the first one I found I was getting ganked okay. by like, you know, because you get swarmed by enemies at certain points. But uh, that was cool. And then what was really, really cool about this week was um, on Friday, I went to The Guardian Live. Yeah. So for those people who don't know, if you're listening from another country, The Guardian's a big newspaper over here. Um, they've got a really good games journalist called Keith Stewart. Mm-hmm. He really knows his stuff. Um, and they put on like sort of live Q&A sessions or interviews in The Guardian. Mm. And again, it's not hugely far from my house. So I paid my £10 and along I went. And uh, it was a Q&A interview session with the Chinese room, or more specifically the owners of the Chinese room, uh, Jessica Curry and Dan Pinchbeck. Okay. And the Chinese room are responsible for Dear Esther, which just came out this week on Xbox One and PS4 as the landmark edition. Sure. So I don't know if you know much about this game. It's not really a it. wheelhouse. You've played it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a walking simulator um, <laughs> that is quite good. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those. And um, it's one of the first that I can remember, to be honest. It is It is really considered to be one of the one of the games that started that genre. Um, so it's not without its controversy. It's also one of the games that started the whole, oh, this isn't a game yeah. type thing. Yeah. Um, people debating what should or shouldn't be considered a game. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of horrible things said to the creators. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things they referenced was you are the cancer that's killing the game industry. Sure. It was one of the delicious things that were said to them. Yeah, I'm sure it's not, cool. you know, the, f- Free to play market or yeah, <laughs> you know, microtransactions <laughs> or whatever, yeah. <laughs> Candy Crush. But no, it's um, yeah, they were. I mean, they came along. I I was sat there and and basically they talked about the history of the game uh, because it actually was a Half Life Two mod. Okay, huh. that's how it started. You will notice that every asset in Diarester is from Source. Okay. Uh, it was quite funny because they were talking about like, okay, we didn't know the setting. It was either going to be like an Eastern European cityscape, a uh, an abandoned island, or like some kind of facility. <laughs> because those are the assets from Half-Life 2. <laughs> or Dust 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then for whatever, there, there were reasons given. They, they 
pulled this lonely story onto this Hebridean island, you know, in the middle of uh, the North Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, it was just a really illuminating interview to, to go and see. Like, they, they were super, super sort of honest. It's one. Like, they were honest about how they work. They were honest about the, the reaction to the game, everything like this. Um, they were super informative and really funny and personable. Like, the the two owners, Dan Pinchbeck and Jessica Curry. Dan Pinchbeck is, like, uh, he's the writer, uh, the guy behind it. But he's, like, the calm, rational, like, we were talking about the term walking simulator. Mm. And if it was a derogatory term or whatever, like, should you use it? Or should they uh, use Jessica. it themselves? Or well, no, the, the problem is, no, no, the interviewer used it and there was a bit kind uh, of like a... Ooh. In the audience, you know, like, oh, you do, you did not just say that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and especially after the last podcast when I was talking to Bob, uh, you know, about this term. Yeah. But um, no, no, like Dan was like, okay, you know, if that is a term that allows people who like this type of game to find more types of games like that, then I'm cool with that term. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jessica is a lot more like the the sound and the fury behind the game, and she's so like emotional and and clearly like has strong opinions on everything. But she was like, "I fucking hate that," <laughs> you know, because mm. it it is a derogatory term. But at the same time, um, using it now can be like reclaiming a derogatory word. Sure, know? I mean it's it started off intending to um, insult, but now you've got people that are like. I actually like that. I actually like yeah. those games. Yeah. So if Dan's saying, yeah, if people can find it because you're classifying it as a subgenre, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that that was again. Um, I I asked a question in the Q and A part, which was basically like, um, given given how the games are, like both um, Dear Esther and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which was my game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they feel about putting trophies in? Sure. Because now they've re-released Dear Esther on PS4 and Xbox. It's a system requirement. Yeah, you need to have a... Well, I think you can discuss it. I, I actually don't think any game has managed to avoid it. Like, there are some yeah, no. there are some systems you can avoid, like the, the streaming install, like, experience whilst the game's installing. You can yeah. build an argument to avoid that, but yeah, I think trophies and achievements, you, you must go with something. Yeah. Jessica basically said that she was almost fist fighting with Sony XX. <laughs> like, you know, you cannot do this to me. Yeah. Like, you can't do it to the project, you know. <laughs> but in the end, yeah, there's trophies in there. So, so. What, what are they? Are they just progress? They just Yeah, no, no, no. They're, they're a bit out of the way. Like, I, I was watching Blanca playing Dear Esther this morning, and there's a trophy for drowning yourself. Also, <laughs> oh, they are actually encouraging alternate like, ways of playing the game. Yeah. Yeah, there's a trophy for walking 5,000 steps, which I think pops naturally if you explore a little bit around the island. Mm. Um, there's a trophy for popping all the voice uh, story parts. Sure. But I don't know if that means on one playthrough or if it's because what I discovered in this interview as well was that at any point that you trigger the voice over is one of four possibilities. Oh, wow, okay. Which I didn't know, because I only played it through once on the PC version. I just thought that was my story, that and that was, the, was it. That was the game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. Apparently, well, there were three, and now on the PS4 and Xbox release, there is four. Hmm. 
Okay. So yeah, you know, you can see the the story in completely different ways, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that started a big debate. There was a lot of fun to be had with that. Um, <laughs> so when they signed, I got a signed copy of uh, some postcards from the game. Okay. With a code on the back for a, a copy of the game. But they even signed my <laughs> my game like uh, <laughs> like from Jessica and Dan Platinum. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the really interesting things that they said, which was I, I found to be really really cool, um, was that one of the things they were accused of as being walking simulator people and you know the cancer that's killing them or whatever. <laughs> when in the, in the middle of all this horrible stuff that was being thrown at them, one of the big accusations was. Just, oh, I'm a hardcore gamer, or, oh, I'm a serious gamer, and this isn't a game. Mm. Yeah. And one of the things they, they explained was the reason the game was successful, the reason the game even exists, is because of the Half-Life 2 modding community. Like the sort of the most hardcore people you can find. You know, the guys who built Black Mesa from scratch. Yeah. You know? Again, in their own free time and for no money, etc., etc. These are the kind of people that are ripping apart games to get in and build their own stuff and show it off to the world. Mm. It's like that was our community. When it was a mod, it was downloaded a hundred thousand times as a mod, and it's like so suddenly for all these people who've like they own an Xbox One, consider themselves to be a hardcore gamer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, this is not a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was really illuminating. It was really cool to just be there. I mean, they're they're my my heroes in the game industry at the moment because they were just like, you know, they don't do crunch. They send their employees home at five every day. Their employees have permanent contracts. Mm. There's no hiring and firing at peak times or anything like this. It's just like, and above all, very, very, very funny. So hopefully, I think The Guardian is going to publish the video because they were filming. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah. Everybody gets a chance to watch these guys because I I forgot as well that they did uh, machine uh, machine for pigs. Oh, the Amnesia sequel, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And that kind of slipped my mind because I loved Rapture so much. It was like, okay, it was dear Esther Rapture, and I forgot that anything existed between that time. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like after dear Esther. Maybe that's what that developer is <laughs> like that kind of game. Whereas Machine for Pigs is more of a systems driven. You know, mechanical gameplay yeah. kind of game. Well, that's what they said. I mean, they they did mention a lot of the time that like they were really, really worried that they peaked. <laughs> yeah, it's like we don't know what to do now because you know Rapture was so good that we think we may have kind of fucked ourselves <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> with that game. Did anyone mention? I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Um, everybody's gone to the Rapture. The walking speed. No, nobody brought it up. Um, somebody brought up a question about uh, potentially having a disability, okay. like limping or whatever, because they have talked a lot about diversity in games. But um, personally, I thought that was all right. Sure. Because there is there is a run button or a walk faster Saunter button. button. Yeah, you know, casual stroll button. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't think, I think if you would have moved faster, like the first thing I noticed about Dear Esther today is I thought I was you were moving too fast. Because mm. it's source engine, it's like Half Life movement speed. Sure, it's like you can. It's kind of like if if you put that power into the player's hands to walk that fast, the ones that want to absorb the game will not use it. But those that are trying to play it like a video game are, yeah. are gonna 
speedrun. <laughs> well, you're not going to, that's the thing. You're not going to speedrun Rapture. I mean, I'm sure there's people who've done it. Um, yeah. You know, dear Esther, I, I saw Blanca played through the entire thing today while I was doing some work mm-hmm. this morning. And she, she did it in like hour and 40, something like that. But yeah, and the first thing I thought when I saw her, like, especially looking around, mm. it's like, wow, the speed on this is, is quite high. But yeah, it's uh, it was very illuminating, definitely, to actually sit down with somebody in the industry who isn't the head of some hype train uh, marketing people. I mean, they, they have a deal with the publisher now, and they were just like... Like a lot of the questions they answered, they answered so brutally honest. They were just like, "I'm surprised nobody's come out to shut me up." Sure, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, we, ha- you know, we had a really bad time dealing with Sony, for example, you know, and then like, oh shit, yeah, we actually have a publisher and stuff. Maybe we shouldn't be saying stuff like this, but uh, yeah, it was really cool, and I, I definitely recommend if anybody gets the chance to. I don't know if it's a thing. How many how many times do you get to go and like actually interview and Q and A? You know. Yeah, I'd say not often. <laughs> not often. But play these games. <laughs> you can yeah, definitely them. play play Dear Esther again. It's out on PS4 now. Um, one thing that Dan Pinchbeck did mention and I didn't know is you can turn off the trophy pop on the PS4. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, he did kind of he, that was his one complaint was like it should be in the game menu. Yeah. You should be even, able to even say though, it, yeah. even though even if it's just pushing through to the system level and actually changing yeah. the system level, yeah, yeah. Because I've been a dedicated PS4 player for two years now, and I have no idea that I can turn off the trophy <laughs> pop. <laughs> but I don't want to because it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see on Shovel Knight? Um, we use a cheat code so that the word shovel and the word knight would be replaced by butt, but it turns yeah. off achievements. Yes, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I, it's pretty it, funny. It felt like I was a rebel. You, yeah, you brought the, the police. System, yeah, exactly. Fuck justice. Um, so the other thing uh, in my awesome week was I finished Fahrenheit. Yes. How was the uh, necrophilia? Or did you said, did you identify that? Like it was pretty obvious that he was dead. Yes, he he did. At one point, he says, "I'm dead." It's not yeah, really hard to say. Oh, you're so cold. You're so cold. Yeah. You're so cold. And he's like, "No, I'm I'm actually I've snuffed it." Yeah. You know? so, yeah. And she's like, "Bomb chicka wow wow." Let's get on it in a train car, watched by hobos was, with rifles. It was out of nowhere because she was like, yeah. "Oh, don't feel sad." Oh, hang on, here are my boobs. <laughs> it was no, but it wasn't even out. Of, no, the the most out of nowhere scene was before that when he wakes up from the nightmare with the indigo child, and Carla's just there in her pants and bra in the in the apartment. <laughs> right, and you're like, because a minute before that you were in the graveyard, and he's like, oh, I don't think you think I'm guilty, whatever, hmm. and then segue into, oh, you're semi naked in my apartment. That game, that game started out kind of boring a little bit frustrating and then very quickly just goes balls out insane yep the ai like, the uh what was it called what the AI, where the hell does the ai come from it's just like oh you know that orange clan yeah oh there's a purple clan yeah <laughs> i don't know where does it come from is it yeah is it a construct are you in the matrix uh <laughs> you are in the matrix because obviously they're taking so many cues from that film 
I mean, it's like David Cage or David Cage uh, <laughs> saw the Matrix and also took acid at the same time or something. I don't know. And I mean, who gave that man more money to make more games? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you man, they, they gave him money for Heavy Rain, and then even after Heavy Rain, gave him more. I don't know if that was like a, it must have been a Sony deal because that was platform exclusive. Those those games. Was Fahrenheit um, platform exclusive? Was no, no, Heavy Fahrenheit. I played it on the X One, on the Xbox. Yeah, the original Xbox, but, but no, Heavy Rain, uh, and. Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls, yeah, uh-huh. didn't make their way out off of the Sony ecosystem. Right. Um, but Fahrenheit did give us the best support character of the modern era. Tyler Miles, Ty- Tyler Miles. I think I'm going to get a tattoo. I think, have you put your desktop to that yep. image yet? Yep, my work Even, mates were... I'm sure it's super blurry. No, it's fine, you know. <laughs> I've got two monitors <laughs> as well, it. so it's okay. stretched across. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful and nobody will ever understand it because my work mates and go play that don't really mix <laughs> so right <laughs> you know i just walk in on monday morning or wednesday morning or wherever it was when i finished it like okay i've now got a semi-naked black dude as my <laughs> as my desktop wallpaper um tyler miles is amazing um the game i don't know man I mean, I, I can see why you recommended it to me because apparently we get more views when I'm angry and crying and upset. I'm sure. That's, yeah. There must be a correlation. Um, so between Sticks and Fahrenheit, you did a number on me. I think, but this was more enjoyable for all involved, I would probably say, because it was less repetitive. Every, every single turn, there was something else messed up. Yeah, it was just balmy. It was just completely off the charts in terms of not making any sense. Yeah. You know? Uh, I did find the the worst parts were the forced stealth sections with insta loss, with um, the kids, and then there was other stuff with. It was mainly the kids, right? It was the kids, and then you had like the um, the, when you were trying to break into your girlfriend's apartment or whatever that kind of stuff, right? Um, then you know, there's just endless quick times. Like people complain about quick times now and go like, "Oh, I don't like it when you got to press B to save yourself." Yeah, but then there's a there's a sequence here where you're, you know, entranced in some kind of dream state, and it's a cutscene. Yeah. But you're forced to keep the plate spinning by following the the button prompts. It's crazy. Yeah, and the worst thing is by following the button prompts, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening in the story. Yeah. Exactly. So even just the loosest, most flimsy threads of story that were in that game. <laughs> You couldn't catch away. them all because half the time you were like, ah, red, yellow, blue. It's like, and the worst thing was making it look like simple fucking Simon just really patronizes you. You know, is it Simon says? Simon the, says. Yeah, that, that well, electronic. Simon says is that, is that if he doesn't say Simon says. What was the game? What was the There's electronic no game? It was like a disc and you have to smack uh, the light. Bop it. No, <laughs> it was sim- It was before Bop it. I, okay. I was, I'm sure it's called Simon something. Okay, but yeah. Anyway, it's like a disc, and you have to hit the colors in the same order, and it gets progressively like in the like uh, one of the options in one of the mini games in Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. I think had had something like it, like it's a sequence a- of four buttons. Yeah, so it's basically except that, it's but- in real time. So you you first started off thinking, do I have to follow the pattern because of how it looked, right? Yes, because you thought, was- I have to wait for it to play out, then do the same thing, but it was actually real time. Yeah. Because this, yeah. it, I mean, they use the exact same colors as this little game that I've been playing since I was like four years old. Yeah. Where it's like beep boop, beep boop, and you have to go like beep boop, beep boop afterwards. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. So I failed the first even, few. Even with David Kaj's amazing tutorial. Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> like, and then he pops out at the end in the credits and starts doing some funky dancing. You know, like, <laughs> he does a fucking backflip or something. He does a backflip. I'm not sure <laughs> the last time I saw a developer that was fit enough to do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, that was just that was messed up. So thanks for that. Um, I'm going to play two souls now. Um, Are you? Nah, yeah, I've got it. I'm it as well. Yeah, I got it in the the double pack with heavy rain. And heavy rain wasn't that awful. It's not great, but it's not. No, there's logic. There's logical leaps, but it's an entertainment. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And it's not like completely mind-numbingly. It's not a grind. Yeah. Like this. This game. Was Fahrenheit often. was, you know, there there were moments of sheer genius. Tyler <laughs> Miles being that one. I thought the um the longer you well, I thought the genius part was the bit that Ma- Maggie and Bob screwed you over on, which was the profile, the the building, yeah, the photo the image, just yeah. yeah, the photo fit, because they were like, oh, we got this. He looks exactly like this one. Yeah. His hairstyle number two. It's like yeah. Or we could make him look like a Rastafarian and get away with it. Yeah, we could just get away with murder completely by. I don't know. There was a bit. Um, there was a bit when you're being grilled uh, as Kate as um, what's his name Kane. Yeah. Some, um, by Tyler in your office. Yeah. And I thought, is this a, like an, uh, a no win state? Like, have you screwed up so? Because so you've much got the photo of it, which is you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying, yeah, like, oh, that could even be me. Yeah, yeah. Like, is there a way out of this? Eventually, you got through it, but there eventually, was a few... after saying, uh, what restaurant? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like just giving the I've given you not only I the photo eaten of it, any food. No, but as a as a player, that's the thing. The agency that it gives you, the player, is trying to screw you over. Yeah, because yeah. of course, you're when you're doing the photo fit, you're not obviously doing the photo fit as your main player character. You don't f- you don't necessarily because it's a unique thing, and I think yeah. that's w- one of the best b- parts of the game. As a as just a player, you think I've got to do the best I can. Yeah, I've got to, to literally to win. Yeah, yeah. Trophy pops because you get the photo fit to look like this dude. Yeah, but yeah, then I found out they had a really good music collection because I used all my bonus cards at the end to. Yeah, you know. I, I I did watch the archive where you go through. That's where you had the the character model yeah. video, and then, and then like the uh, the motion, like the documentary style stuff with the motion capture and the music. That yeah. was, and the fun. inappropriate dancing from Tyler's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's the gift that standing keeps on the table. Yeah, so I reckon you know if you if you're into just breaking your brain, get it, play it through. Mm-hmm. Probably got it covered somewhere. Yeah, I'll just watch, watch the archive. Watch the archive. Oh, and how much have you listened to Theory of a Dead Man since? Uh, it's been on game. repeat, mate. Spotify playlist made up right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, happy about that. I think, yeah, I don't think you're even listening to me. Your headset's just playing uh, Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> it's nonstop, man. I mean, it, it hit me right in my early 90s grunge heart, so <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so are you in the market for another backlog game or... Are you trying something else? I am not in the market. I was thinking about it, but then I realized now is October. Hmm. And you know what October means? Uh, it means I, I bought a jacket yesterday because it's fucking freezing well, in London there's, there's instantly. That, there's that. It's also the, the second anniversary of me having gone to Japan, so that brings back memories. Yeah. But um, Is that two years already? 
yeah, it was twenty fourteen October twenty fourteen, and um, for the whole month you could buy um, Halloween flavored, pumpkin flavored Kit Kats, uh, no. and a black bun burger and a ghostly white burger. Ooh. I think they're doing the black bun again this year. I saw on on one of the blogs I follow that they're they're doing the the. Oh no! It's uh, they're doing garlic Doritos. I think for anti vampires. Uh, <laughs> for anti anyone. <laughs> Anti-girl Once you've eaten friend, that bag, get away from me. <laughs> Anti-colleagues. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I am going to do, I think, I'm going to do some spooky bastardry this month. I'm going to... video game for I'm literally... Just. Any game I stream is going to be spooky as balls. Okay. And I'm so also, spooky, not gory, violent. It doesn't necessarily have to be gory, violent. What I need is an element of fear in these games. Okay. Um, okay. So... What is what have you played already that doesn't fit because you've already you've already gone through it? Until Dawn would have been perfect, but Oh yes, yes. A I already played it and B I mailed my copy of it to a friend. So That is a roadblock, yes. Yeah, it's not even in my house. But it was very good, would have been perfect, but has gone. And mm-hmm. has already been played. Um I do have on my console at the moment layers of fear. I haven't Is that played a it. Good game. I have no idea. Apparently, it's, okay. it's all right. Yeah. Okay. I have Resident Evil One, Four, Five, Six. So one is made well, the, what, like the latest remake version. Yes. Of one. Yes. I think that's out on Plus this month. Actually, it is. But I already own it, so I feel cheated. Um, not four, really. Four is a great game, but not too scary. And then past four. None of the games are well, scary. Well, five so, was yeah. awful. I couldn't finish it when I had it on the 360. Um, and then some get like some games spring to mind. Tell me, like I'm trying to think it. of something that you could actually play either on your PC. Like, I guess you can't really it's stream anything be on PC. To stream, yeah. Um, hmm. So it'd have to be PS4 then, basically. Yes. I do I have know. more. I've got, I've got Claire, which is like a pixel light. Uh there are there are some scary pixel games. Obviously, they're not super scary because they're pixel. Um, no, but it's about the atmosphere more than anything. Like yeah. the last the last door on PC mm. was actually oh, pretty yes. pretty creepy, and that was the lowest fire you could get really. Um, Home, which is also on PS4, was pretty yes, scary. that's one of the ones I was going to. I've I've played through that. Yeah, yeah. The the guys that made Home, I think, made another game alone with you. Played it. Okay, that's it. not the one I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's them. I may have just embarrassed myself. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm having a tough time recollecting stuff for PS4. Outlast? Short. I could get and play? Yes, and it's uh, it had a second... It had like an expansion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably no need to do that. Alien Isolation? That's a long game. It's a long um, game. All but right. I guess you don't necessarily need to finish any of these games. No, just get spooked. That's the idea. Um, yeah. Evil Within, was that... You played that, maybe? Um, I didn't. No, I did not. That's um, a bit in the Resident Evil vein, anyway. Like... Yeah. Uh, Soma, I'm going to fin- I'm gonna try and finish, because Soma is scary pants. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like I I could 
it opens up a huge amount if you talk about PC. Like, I would definitely recommend you play through, like, Condemned if you never did. Ooh, I do have that in my Steam library. And I did play, I mean, the mannequin level on that game was just... <laughs> that That's, yeah, that game is my favourite horror game. My favourite, like, modern one would probably be Until Dawn. Right. Uh, because it does such a fantastic job of being a teen horror flick. Yep. In a game form. And um, the best thing for me about Until Dawn, I think I, I put it in my game of the year last year, was that at the beginning, you literally want every one of those characters to die. Yeah. And then oh by the end, you're desperately hanging on, like, please, 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 oh God, get to the end of the, the day, please. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have the entire Dead Rising collection on PS4. Dead Rising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, less scary, but... Never-ending Nightmares, I also have on there. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter, I think I've only got mm. PC, so... It's more atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and is, there's no Amnesia on PS4. No, and, and to be fair, that's a real shame, because Amnesia scared the balls off me in the 15 minutes I played it on... On, did the uh, sequel not make? Did um, Twenties Rooms sequel not make it? Okay, yeah. So it's kind of kind of limited when it comes to to PS4. But um, you may even start some kind of revolution here and get some other people, hopefully, to to join along. Well, what I might do is post a list of the stuff that I want to get through in October. Sure. Uh, I'm not really going anywhere, so I think I have the full month. What day is the 31st? I think it's like a Tuesday or something. Whack. Yeah, it's a Monday. Actual Halloween is a Monday. So I can uh, stream all of Halloween night. <laughs> My spooky pumpkin. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you get any good recommendations for a scary game on PS4, mm-hmm. let me know. Sure. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have ideas, let us know on Twitter, at GoPlayThat. Yeah, I really wish I could play on the PC because I do have quite a few scary things in my Steam library. Yeah. Such a shame. <laughs> no, it's, no, I've got 600 games in my Steam library and no PC that is worth a damn. So, yeah. 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 But yeah, so I'm going to do... That was my, my week, really. Um, oh, no. Last thing. Mm. I played Virginia. Oh, yes. You said so, yes. Um, so that came out... There was a demo available on Steam and I really didn't like it because of how it felt and how it looked. It just didn't feel good. Um, but it's since been out within, I guess, the last week, out on PS4 and PC. Mm-hmm. Or maybe more, but you played it on PS4. Mm-hmm. So, tell me. Okay, so there's been a lot of comparisons between X-Files and David Lynch. That's what the game is, is inviting. I think it is okay. inviting. It's presented as a movie. Like yep. almost like a cold open, then credits coming in. And it's about an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I would really peg it as is the pilot episode of a TV show. But at the same time, it also seems like a supercut of stuff. Yeah, so I remember in the demo that a, a you know a scene would play out without any spoken word. People would be talking, but you wouldn't be able to hear them. And then it would cut to a new location. And I didn't know if that was the demo or if that was a representation. No, of that's a representation. Game. There is not a single line of dialogue in the entire game. Okay. It's atmospheric music, 
expressions, hand signals. It's all done in kind of a cartoony form. It doesn't look weird or weird because it's in the Uncanny Valley or whatever. Um, And you play the role of an FBI agent who is in internal affairs and is tasked with investigating another FBI agent. Okay. And then you spin off into the realms of madness Hmm. from that. It's very Lynch. It is. I was trying to think of another way of of trying to trying to describe it, but it's it's not. It's just it's fucking David Lynch. You know, if David okay. Lynch made a game, it would possibly come across as something like this. Because yeah, as you say, when you move forward in location, you you don't really walk anywhere. You're in like a one room place. You do the things you're supposed to do in that room, and then you cut to another location. Yeah, you do the thing you're supposed to do in that, and you cut. And then by the end of the game, those cuts come faster and faster, and you, you you're not sure what's real anymore. You're not sure which level of the storyline you're following. Okay. Ostensibly, you're supposed to be investigating your partner and investigating a disappearance, but then you throw in LSD and UFO abductions and small town, you know, Twin Peaks esque village of kingdom, and this kind of thing, and. Mm. What I will say is, it is a, it's it's an experience. It is. It, I I mean, I I enjoyed it. Blanca played it too. She didn't like it so much mm-hmm. um, because of that. Because it was like, where does the cutscene end, and where does the point where I have to point at a thing and press? Did X. she watch your playthrough? No, no, no. She played it alone before me. She finished it oh, before okay. me. I didn't see her playthrough. She didn't see my playthrough. Oh, okay. Um, but what she told me was like. I just got bored of waiting for the next time I had to press X hmm. to move on with the story. And for me, it felt a little bit like a, a long episode of a show where you occasionally have to press X. It's true. Yeah. But yeah. what I like, I mean, if you know me, um, you know, movies like Drive, games like Dear Esther or Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, They those are the the sort of things that pull me in because there's more imaginative work. As you said earlier, it's like reading a book. Yeah. I think I think that's why a lot of the time I really love Kentucky Route Zero as well because it doesn't give you all the clues you need. Yeah. Yep. So well, I, my interpretation could be different because I missed a, a small, you know, detail. Totally. Um, the only thing I would say of Virginia was um, it was, and this goes back to something that the Chinese room said at the interview, they they build games at the Chinese room which allow the player to have imagination. That allow them sure. to project what is happening. That is why, for example, in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, you don't see any people. You see the like light, moving light outline of them. And that yeah. took them a year, apparently, to figure to out decide. Yeah, to figure <laughs> out how to get people in their game without showing people. Right. Because okay. they didn't even want you to be prejudiced against a character by seeing what they look like. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes you, sense. Yeah, you hear their story. Um, but something that they mentioned in the thing was, if you don't, it, like, it's very good to give the player the freedom of, of imagination, but if you don't tether it to something, the player drifts away. You don't have anything to work with. Yeah, like location, for example... If you don't set the ground rules of, is this reality? Is what is this a 
city, country, yeah. th- in space, yeah. f- completely fictional, science fiction, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was my, my biggest an- criticism, I think, of, of Virginia, is it doesn't tether you to anything. Okay. You literally go through this, like, 90-minute, almost like a slideshow mm. of very beautiful images a lot of the time, but it, it does feel like you get to the end and you go, like, <gasps> the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Like it was kind of cool, but what you know? What was I supposed to feel about that? Because you don't even know. There's like a a couple of alternate futures of your character that are presented at the end, and you okay. you don't even really know which was which. Sure. So you, it it failed for you because you expect to come out the other side being like, okay, it if, whether I liked it or not, I see what happened there no for me it was the opposite it didn't fail for me because i was untethered for sure i didn't Mm. really understand what had happened by the end of the game but the beauty and the way it had been presented was very nice okay Okay. you know it'd be like how to really describe it like let's take a series like the killing or something like this and then you make a super cut of all 12 episodes and you put it into 90 minutes and then you put a nice filter on it and you go, <laughs> it would be something interesting to watch. Sure. Whether it's a valuable, whether it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the debate of, is it a game or whatever, but at the same time, it's like almost like, I I, I still don't know what to make of it. Mm. I don't know. It was good, but weird. <laughs> Okay, I think I will avoid it. Yeah, I, I don't think I it will be for do. everyone at all. Um, I think if you do find yourself strongly attracted to movies, games, experiences that leave you more befuddled than you were when you when you started watching it, give it a look. <laughs> You're a strange person. Yeah, you know. Play Virginia. Yeah, no, I, there's a there's a movie called Upstream Color. And it was very reminiscent of what I just saw here. Like, um, Upstream Color is a wonderfully, beautifully shot, very amazing looking movie that plays out. And you get to the end of the runtime and you go, like, I have no idea what just happened <laughs> in the last 90 minutes of my life. <laughs> but it was quite nice at the same sure. time. Yeah, it was pleasant. Yeah, uh, but I think it does. It does kind of give you that hint at the beginning, like when you when you're about to start the game. You say it says press X to take a trip, and that's exactly what you do. Exactly. So it's kind of weird, okay. but cool. Is it an episode? No, that's it. It's a full game. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It kind of it kind of <laughs> feels like there should be more. It it definitely does. It kind of feels like oh that was episode one. Cool, especially in, sure. in today's episodic market. But I that's it. It's a one shot deal. It's just like that was fucking weird. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And it, and you said it took you about ninety minutes. Around that, yeah, eighty ninety okay. minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, my favorite super super short game, um, is Thirty Flights of Loving. Still haven't played it. Still really okay. should. Damn it. You really, you really should. You really, really should, and we'll say nothing more about it. Um, but that that'll that'll run on my game. laptop. It will run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to buy that now. Cool. Nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we wrap? Let's wrap. That's a long one. Yeah. 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 Um, it's amazing what we can manage to do with two people uh, <laughs> when we go and 
out into the world. Imagine um, that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I've been Rob Cook. That's been Tom Wolford. And we've been, go play that. Go to I the just website. waved on a podcast. <laughs> you did. Uh, but I felt good about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go and join us on Twitter, Facebook, and the website. And we'll see you next week. All Bye. Right. Bye. Oh, Yeah.